Hello, welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe on this OG's Flavoring Fridays. Myself, Bull Brock, we're excited. We're talking mock drafts, talking mm. rookie rankings, and giving a shout out to our friends at OG Brands, the official sponsor of Flavoring Fridays. Check them out. Head on over to ogbrands.com. Come, Bull Brock, how we living today? Well, we just flavored up the stream a little bit as we made a little change, and it looks great. Look at those delicious gummies down in the corner from our friends over at OG's Brands. Check them out, ogsbrands.com. And what flavors up a Friday outside of OG's better than the premier NFL draft expert, Daniel Jeremiah, dropping a tasty little nugget of a mock draft. A one-rounder. But, of course, our sweet, sweet Arizona Cardinals have two delicious picks. Can't wait to break it down because, man, do they, this DJ, have two offensive and defensive playmakers coming to the desert? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a scenario I think anybody would sign up for. And the the second pick is a little bit more head-scratching given who who's available. Mm-hmm. Before we dive right in, I, I, we should just have a disclaimer. Just like we have a disclaimer here. Um, a banner, if you will, about OG's Flavoring Fridays, we should have another disclaimer. If there is a mock draft that lends itself to Marvin Harrison Jr. becoming an Arizona Cardinal, in my opinion, it's an A mock draft. Like, can't do anything. Like, you you could have 11 other selections of me in it, and I would say it's an A-plus mock draft. So I, um, I'm giving it away. I'm selling the lead here a little bit. But, yeah, Daniel Jeremiah has three quarterbacks going in the top three which lends itself to the best overall player, non-quarterback, going four to Arizona. That being Maserati Marv out of Columbus, Ohio State, Arizona Cardinal. Book tough it. to tough to beat that, right? Uh, you know, there's some people in the camp that say, "Hey, you got to build the lines, you got to invest in the trenches, uh, you have to maybe trade back, continue to accumulate assets." But look, this is the best player in the draft. Uh, where the Arizona Cardinals stand as an organization right now that uh, wide receiver with the playmaking ability of Marvin Harrison Jr. coupled with Kyler Murray makes more sense than an organization without a quarterback. It's different. There's different stages of the rebuild, and the Arizona Cardinals are on to the next, and Marvin Harrison Jr. fits exactly what they want. He fits exactly the type of player and caliber of player that they want, not only a star in his own right, but a guy that, that trains and prepares like he's not a star. From what I've heard from Paris Johnson Jr., who's buddies with Marvin Harrison Jr. At, during their time in Columbus for Ohio State, Marvin Harrison Jr. outworks everybody in that building. Like around the horseshoe, we like completely outworks Ryan Day, the coaching staff, clearly. And, and then these other guys who have been first-round draft picks themselves, and it's not to poo-poo them, like Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave but it's to shine a light on how impressive Marvin Harrison Jr. is. I mean, he could roll out of bed probably and become a first-round draft pick based on who his father was and who what his just natural gifts are, but he outworks everybody and has put himself in a position to be the top non-quarterback taken in his NFL draft. Let's check out Daniel Jeremiah's 1.0 mock draft, the top 10, if you will. Of course, Caleb Williams Chicago Bear, book it right now. Uh, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. Now it's interesting. We've heard from some rumblings. Uh, Albert Breer, friend of the program, some other people thinking Jaden Daniels could vault himself up to number two. That is not a concern for our sweet baby cards, but do love that that narrative is out there. 
like, hey, who are we going to pick, Mayer or Daniels? Daniels inevitably goes to New England. I think the Patriots would take Drake May if he's there, of course. And then as uh, my co-host mentioned, Maserati Marv, fourth overall to the Arizona Cardinals, followed by, how about this, back-to-back receivers. So you had three QBs in a row. Then you have three wide receivers in a row. Yeah, Marvin Harrison Jr. followed by Rome Adunze going to the Los Angeles Chargers. Malik Neighbors going to the Giants. That just feels like pick your preference, maybe. Like Jeremiah must like Adunze slightly more, but you know most people I would say has Neighbors right behind Marvin Harrison Jr. That that class is rich. Um, and speaking of rich, love Joe Alt for the Titans at number seven. Dallas Turner uh, at eight to Atlanta. Uh, and then we get to an interesting situation, maybe a reach from the Chicago Bears, Jared Verse out of Florida State. And then what I think is probably the most shocking occurrence, Alu Fashinu, not in the top 10. Fuega is going to the Jets as a tackle slash guard prospect. So Daniel Jeremiah kind of bucking the trend with a lot of these analysts talking about, oh, Alu Fashinu is going to go top 10 and Jared Verse is going to go in the 20s and it's interesting. You look at this and it's like, man, we, we got a long way to go, but there are two things you can hammer home. The receivers and the quarterbacks, they're elite and they're growing early. Yeah. I mean, obviously the, what teams need at the top of the draft in order to kind of kickstart their rebuild is a franchise caliber quarterback. And this yeah. is who in 2024, the NFL has already identified as the, the, the players that could be up to that challenge. And then you look at, kind of the position that you've been successfully able to draft and get just instant rewards from, and it's the wide receiver position. Uh, I think the QB position is, is taking a step back outside of CJ Stroud kind of being the exception recently, as far as quarterbacks ready to contribute and play at a high level, but wide receivers consistently over the last couple of years out of the first round. And even beyond that have been able to get drafted and then immediately make an impact on the playing field and put up big, robust wide receiver one numbers because that's what you're drafting these guys to be. Like if you find a guy that you feel like can be your your top wide out, uh, and, and they've done that, like from from Justin Jefferson to Jamar Chase to you know I know Jalen Waddle plays second fiddle to to uh, to Tariq Hill down there, but he's putting up when he's healthy big time numbers. It, it it's something that I think it's easy for talent evaluators to 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 nail down and they see three guys with Marvin being the, the cream of the crop and headlining it at that are worthy in, in, in easy selection for franchises to, to pick and set it and forget it. Yeah. I mean, it, these are playmakers. These are franchise changers. And I, I still think Joe Alt deserves to be in a top five discussion point, but I I'm in the minority now. It was like, what about a month ago, you and I were on the same page. Like, you know, if the Cardinals don't get Marvin, they'll probably go with tackle. We mm-hmm. felt pretty good about that. I, I don't feel good about that anymore. Like, I, we got a long way to go this offseason. Joe Alt and Alu Fashnu are right now secondary options because these these receivers are said to be this special. And, I, like, I didn't watch a ton of LSU, and I watched Washington when they were on national TV like everybody else. You know, those, those two receivers – it's clear they'd be top five receivers in any other class. Now they just happen to be kind of the, the bridesmaid to the bride. That is Marvin Harrison jr. And I wonder I'm guilty of this. Are we underselling them? Roma Dunsey and Malik neighbors, like just because Marvin Harrison jr. Can't could be Calvin Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald. 
Like who's to say Roma Dunsey can't be you know, a version of Mike Evans and Malik yeah. neighbors can't be AJ Brown. Like, I think that's what we're looking at here. So I, I, I still have my quorums with trading down and adding more picks, but if there's any scenario in which Marv's not there and, and they can trade down and one of these two wide receivers is available, like that, yeah. that's gotta be high on their priority list, Bo. Well, I mean, you can look across, especially in the, with the final eight teams in the NFL, as far as the teams that are successful and where they've invested or where they haven't invested, like the Green Bay Packers haven't really invested high draft capital in a wide receiver. But if you look across the league uh, and look at Tampa Bay, you know they've got Mike Evans, a former first rounder. They've they've paid Chris Godwin a couple times. You might not be in the camp that believes a wide receiver is a premium position just yet, but the NFL is paying them as their premium position when you look at the cost of the top wide receiver versus the top tackle the wide receiver makes more money and i'm sure the top wide receivers on average make more money than a top tackle and when you see these guys and like if you get the consolation prize to marvin harrison jr whoever you identify as if it's roma dunze or if it's malik neighbors you're getting a wide receiver one at a very controllable price for up to five seasons. And I think that that's something to take in consideration when you're pitting them against, you know, this tackle class, which the top two guys are absolutely, if if those wide receivers off the board, it's a great place to pivot to, but the price of a, of a top flight wide receiver, sometimes it's, it's tough to get away from when you're in a position to, to draft one and get one under contract for as long as you do with the luxury of a first round pick. Assuming you hit on them and you get them for yeah. five years, cheap, yeah. cheap value. Steve Kime had a bunch of cheap receivers from the draft. None of them did anything. Uh, Richard, friend of the program, 499 Super Chat, saw a draft where the Bears make two trades, one to get Marvin and the other to get Jaden Daniels. I, you know, as scary as it sounds, Richard, I think the the scenario in which Bear fans uh, have to cling to if they're still hoping for Marvin mm-hmm. is they're going to take Caleb Williams at number one. We, we haven't moved off of that, but if, the Patriots open up themselves up for adding picks and adding players, and and they make it available to the Bears to come up for Marvin like that. That's a realistic scenario. But I I would hope Bo that the Patriots understand the significance of having Jaden Daniels or Drake May available to them, yeah. and they said, you know what? As much as we'd love to trade down and add more picks, we'd rather get our franchise quarterback now. So, and I also think. You know, removing yourselves because there's there's a difference between what the Cardinals did and what the Patriots will be doing. Mm-hmm. What the Cardinals did was what they said: we have a quarterback, we'll trade down. Plus, you're not coming up for a quarterback; you're coming up for a pass rusher. You you would have to tell the Bears, "Hey, Chicago, you have to give us enough for us to be able to pass on Jaden Daniels if we love him." Like that 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 costs more than what the Cardinals paid last year, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean. When you look at the scenarios for for New England, and as as you pointed out, like the trade down, the quarterback, like very low in in, as far as priority or likely to happen, or if you're doing the betting odds, like you're gonna put probably quarterback the overwhelming favorite is maybe not even even money, and then just you know over even money uh, would be the trade down, and then I think third would be Marvin Harrison Jr., the best prospect on the board. So, like, I think you can take kind of some solace in that as a Cardinals fan, like that right now, the 
if you were a betting person and you press me, I'd say that they're not taking Marvin and they're probably going to go in the direction of, of the quarterback. I mean, Gerard Mayo earlier this week, as, as many of you pointed out to us on social media, said we're going to take a player at a very important position. Uh, none are more important in all of sports than the quarterback position. Can't you just see that scenario to play out in Foxborough where they, they draft this shiny new toy they draft this, you know, sports car of a receiver, whether it's Marvin or Malik Neighbors, and then that inclement weather, the climate in which they play in, probably October onward, sullies that pick, right? You're trying to drive a Corvette down the interstate, and there's snow everywhere, and you spin out, right? Like, they, they do have to win a certain style of play. And it's fine if you're Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. You have the infrastructure in place. You can then trade for Stephon Diggs as the piece to get you over the top. The Patriots would would literally be saying, we have nothing, but we're going to get a receiver, and hopefully that changes things for us. No, you have you literally have nothing. Your offensive line's a mess. You, your defensive head coach left, right? And now you, you have no quarterback. You haven't had a quarterback since Tom Brady. Number 12 patrolled the sidelines. So I, I would hope Gerard Mayo, a defensive savant, understands the importance of line play and quarterback play. And you could call me a hypocrite saying, well, the Cardinals don't have quality line play. I would argue the Cardinal offensive line is in way better shape. And there's no Jalen Carter to take at four for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Like Marvin fits a need and checks a box more so than I would say any singular player in this year's draft. They, the same can't be said for Marvin with New England. No, it can't. It's like, okay, got Marvin now. We got a big, big uh, problem to solve as far as who's going to get him in the football. And, yeah. you know, I, I think – a lot of people have pointed out, you know, the flaws of the NFL offseason, even though it's elite and it keeps itself in the headlines, you know, 365, 24-7 and, and just the tip of the cap there. But like if they like revert, like reverse the draft and free agency and you draft and then you go out to free agency and figure out, you know, who, who fill in the gaps with those free agents. But I, 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 I'm not going to nitpick it still. Love the NFL offseason. But, yeah, I mean, the, the Patriots got to find the guy who's going to be throwing the football no, no matter what they do in the draft this year. I mean, they, they've got to figure it out. And, you know, they also have to figure out who's going to be the architect. And, and that's a big step here as we go through the coaching carousel. Another coach hired today internally for the Las Vegas Raiders. They're going to uh, promote and remove the interim tag from Antonio Pierce. And he's going to be the guy in Vegas uh, and then we're starting to see, you know, Belichick get the second interview with Atlanta and Harbaugh, another one in Atlanta and who's been in L.A. And it's th- there's a lot of unknowns and there's a lot of things that need to be figured out between before we really start to see this this draft board materialize. But it, it still seems like the logical thing for the Patriots to do or the least logical thing would would be to go, hey, we're taking Marvin Harrison Jr. to kickstart the new era of Pat's football. Yeah, especially we're going to get tipped off by what they do in free agency. And, you know, if I'm a gambling man, I am, I would say that they're going to go and try to beef up the skilled positions because they're going to draft and develop offensive linemen and quarterback this draft. And speaking of betting right now with our friends at DraftKings, not only can you wager on the divisional round upcoming bow this weekend, which is the best round of football throughout the course of the year, you can dabble on head coaching odds, right? I, I like Ben Johnson to become the commander's next head coach. I feel strongly that Jim Harbaugh, is going to end up with the Chargers, Bill Belichick in Atlanta. Like, if you can get certain odds on these, jump on it with our friends at DraftKings. My DraftKings pick of the week, parlay of the week. I'm just going to pick all four games. Moneyline, baby. And guess what? 
I like the favorites in every single game this weekend. We talked about it last week, Bo. Some underdogs won. Baker Mayfield and company. Of course, Jordan Love and the Packers. That ends this week. I'm going chalk. Buffalo Bills beating the Chiefs at home. Baltimore finally ends the Cinderella story for Houston. Niners are going to win big. Lions are going to win big. You can win big with our friends at DraftKings right now if you bet just 5 bucks on any game this weekend. New customer, $200 in bonus bets instantly. Think about that. 5 bucks. Light up the DraftKings Sportsbook app with your friends at PHNX. That's the bonus code. That you want to use. $200 instantly. No questions asked. you got to be a new customer. The crown is yours with our friends at DraftKings, the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for uh, a gambling problem, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Now, the bonus bets, Bo, they do expire after 168 hours. So if you don't use them, you lose them. See DraftKings.com slash NFL for eligibility and restrictions, terms and responsibility, gambling resources, copyright, NHL, NFL, 2024, all rights reserved, my friend. This is the most elite football weekend of the year, right? I mean, you've got the best teams in football remaining. Sometimes you get some crap box teams that sneak into the playoffs and you have to endure watching Joe Flacco uh, try to maintain the run that he went on and, and then he turns back into a pumpkin. So uh, this is the best time to get yourself in front of a TV, crack a few cold ones and watch the NFL, the, the final eight. And why not do it over at, Four Peaks, 8th Street in Tempe, or from the comfort of your own home, you can go buy some Four Peaks at your local Circle K or maybe your local grocery store. But Four Peaks, of course, has been woven within the fabric of our great state of Arizona. It's been there for 26 years now, and they've been brewing up the best beer in all of the desert. They've got a brand new beer here in the new year. How about the Bad Birdie Juicy Golden Ale? It's a collab between Four Peaks and Bad Birdie, the golf apparel company. It's drinkable. It's a perfect companion for the tea box and for your fridge and a football Saturday and Sunday. Day. Plus, they got the Wow Wheat. That's the, of course, the number one wheat in Arizona. Redbird Lager. If you're holding on to Cardinal season, that's it's in the rearview mirror. And then, of course, their flagship, the Kilt Lifter. Anybody's coming in from out of town, I'm showing off Kilt Lifter. I'm saying this is what it's all about. This is Four Peaks. We got to check it out. Go check out Four Peaks for yourself. Entire menu there from appetizers to entrees to desserts that you compare with all their great beer brewed on location. Got to be 21 years or older. Check them out. Fourpeaks.com for more info. I like this from our GM Saul Bookman taken in the show via the chat. Cliff Kingsbury gets the OC job in Chicago. Mark, mark my words, Rondell Moore trade. I think we could, I think we could hose Ryan poles after he traded what pick 33 for chase Claypool. I would figure that means Rondell Moore is good for like a mid to late third round. Pick. Yeah. Let's do that. Ryan Poles. I like that idea. There was, there was always stories of Rondell Moore uh, texting Cliff Kingsbury after probably poor play calling and, and not enough usage. According to Rondell uh, that would continue. And then I think he would, he would probably team up with DJ Moore and they would, throw Cliff Kingsbury out of the facility after the 17th screen call behind the line of scrimmage to the wide receivers. And it's just pummeling their yak. The more bros more for more, please. <laughs> uh, how about less of more uh, for Rondell Moore in Arizona? Uh, okay. So from a pick that you and I applaud, 
from Daniel Jeremiah, fourth overall, to, I don't know if I want to call it a head-scratcher, but it's certainly an eye-opener uh, at pick 27. As I say 27, I, I die a little bit every time, uh, that Houston pick. But Daniel Jeremiah, let's look at the back half of the first round. Pick 27 for the Arizona Cardinals. What do they select? As he's being referred to on Twitter, I did not coin this, the great white hope. Mm. Um, I, that's certainly a choice. Uh, the Cardinals are taking Cooper <laughs> DeGene, cornerback. Yes, you heard that right. From the University of Iowa, right in front of Jerzon Newton, stud defensive tackle from uh, Champaign, Illinois, University of Illinois. I watched a lot of Jerzon Newton. He's a stud. I would take him. But no, no, no. Daniel Jeremiah, White Lightning, Cooper DeGene. Thoughts, Bo Brock? Oh, man. I didn't know that Cooper DeGene was such a polarizing prospect. Uh, I posted a clip of Cooper DeGene on my social media. I, I called him a, a defensive back because the way that Daniel Jeremiah breaks down Cooper DeGene is he says he's the most versatile player available uh, as far as he can play any position in the secondary. So I say that's that's a defensive back, right? He can play slot. He can play safety. He can play outside. If you were to just say he's going to be an outside defensive back, he'd be a corner, right? And somebody, like, just recently I got this. Some guy said LMAO. He's a fucking cornerback guy. Like, cornerback is some four-letter word that I'm calling Cooper DeGene and that calling him a DB or defensive back is taking him down a notch. Look, he, he plays in the defensive secondary. He's also was really strong in the punt and kick return game for Iowa. A couple of his highlights went viral this year. One of his kick returns was called back because of a BS penalty, but he's a playmaker offensive uh, in the special teams and defensively. This is how crazy it is in, in Iowa, Johnny. Cooper DeGene had three picks returned for touchdowns in 2022. That was third most touchdowns on Iowa last season in 2022. That's one an indictment on how terrible their offense was, but he had three touchdowns, return, uh, picks returned for touchdowns. Uh, he's, he's just a playmaker. He's covered guys like Marvin Harrison Jr. playing in the Big Ten. He's played against some good quarterbacks backs and this past season before he faced some injuries some lower leg injuries because the the NCAA is stupid as far as how you are they report injuries so you don't really know what was going on 20 for 46 when targeted that's completions to targets 43 percent 194 no touchdowns and two picks he's a good defensive back he he's a good defensive back is he a, a good defensive back prospect for the NFL I don't know I mean Mel Kuyper has him as like a top 10 to 12 prospect in the mm -hmm. draft. And I got people saying the Cardinals would be so fortunate if he fell to 27. I don't know if I'm willing to go that far. I like a lot of people in the chat saying like, you know, is he a positionless player or what, what's his ceiling? That would be my question. Like I, I, I think I he plays some, outside corner. I Joel in the chat. And I'm not saying Joel's lazy. I will do lazy takes like Cooper DeGene is the going to be the cornerback version of Christian McCaffrey. And Joel saying Cooper DeGene will be the defensive Cooper cup. I like, we, we know <laughs> what we're doing McCaffrey, with, those, yeah. with those, with those comparisons. They always had it. Yeah. They always, they had a bit on Dan Patrick show a while ago. It's like when, when they were coming up with like comparisons, it's like, if there was a good white point guard, they'd be like, Oh, he's the next Jason Williams or John Stockton. And yeah. like, you couldn't like, go outside your race when you were making the comparisons. That's why it's a bit. Yeah. I mean, Cooper DeGene though, like when you look at just 
his, his stats, when you look at his tape, when you look at his, his productivity, like I, it, it, it's all there as a first round pick. If, if, yeah, if we didn't have obvious questions about what's obvious here and the, there, there are no white cornerbacks in the NFL that I know of, then I think people would, would not ask as many questions and we could go purely off the tape. And I think it's, I think he's going to be drafted purely off the tape. He deserves that. Yeah. He's put the, he's put the tape on film for lack of a better term, but like I'm with everybody else, like corner while it's a need, uh, Jurizan Newton, in my opinion, is a better prospect at a bigger position of need. And we know John and puts an emphasis on line of scrimmage play. Yeah. I think they're, I think they're going to fill their cornerback room up real quick in free agency with a couple a couple signings, maybe a trade where it's going to be obvious. Like Cooper DeGene would be like a luxury. And I also think he's a luxury because of the unknown, like with, with the fact that I, I, I know the competition at Iowa in that side of the big 10 was not very good at receiver. Like it just wasn't like, think about the teams that they play like Rutgers and Maryland. And I know it's about what translates, but I mean, missed some time with injury. Ohio I mean, state, Michigan, Penn state. Okay. Okay. okay churning well. out. Wide receivers each and every on, year. You want okay, Bo's perfect draft would be Brock Bowers and Cooper DeGene. We've not <laughs> okay. we understand that that's okay. what you want to do. Okay. Uh Joel saying Riley Riley Moss, uh also former Iowa DB. He he is more like a safety. He had a good rookie season for the Broncos. Yeah. Um Cooper DeGene, man, and, and when you say like Jazir Newton and the need at defensive line, I just when you look at drafting in the first round. And I mentioned it with the with the wide receiver position and the money of a wide receiver versus the top money of a tackle. The same thing can be said for the money of a cornerback versus the money of a defensive lineman. The Arizona Cardinals have a glaring need at defensive line. There is no doubt about it. There's no bigger need in the league than the Arizona Cardinals on the defensive line. That's 100% true. But first-round picks are, like I think, best served – to go after premium positions. And what are the premium positions? That tackle spot, quarterback, of course, right? Cornerback, edge, and then, well, as we said, fringe, you know, you got wide receiver. I, I will push It doesn't back include defensive line because when it comes to it, you know, when you, you get that extra year. So you would get the extra year. Like, if you look at how much, like, just watch this offseason and who are some of the going to be the biggest names. If they hit the market or see the franchise tag numbers, they're stupid. Jalen Johnson is going to get tagged close, you know, upwards of 20, over $20 million for one year of football. So, like, if you can get a guy at, you know, 12 to $15 million, that's relatively cheap in the NFL. I think you and I have a fundamental disagreement with premium position and defensive line. I think I would lump in D end pass rusher slash defensive tackle, because if you have a defensive tackle that can penetrate the line of scrimmage and rush the passer, those guys are making a million dollars. Aaron Donald, Chris Jones. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but you're drafting Jerzon Newton to be a Calais Campbell, Darnell Dockett kind of defensive lineman. Like but, the, 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 let's not let's not put defensive linemen. Where was where was nine zero drafted? Where was nine zero drafted? Where was Darnell draft? Where was he drafted? Well, yeah, third round. If you could replicate that, but you can get a great Darius Slay was in the third round. You can get great corners in the third round. You're you're lumping in DTs with like the Isaiah Simmons off ball linebacker <laughs> position or guard or center or tight end. Defensive tackle is a premium position. I. I I would be not here. It, it, it doesn't make it does you not are wrong. You on are average, wrong. on average, as far as what you have to pay for 
like the, the the big guys, the Chris Joneses, the the Aaron Donalds, they're going to make a ton of money, right? Just because they're great football players, they're game wrecking football players. But unless you identify the guy with that type of ceiling, it, it's and, and it's tough to project that at, at draft time, especially when you got a guy like Jerzon Newton. Why isn't he being projected in the top ten, top fifteen? Daniel Jeremiah I mean, he, said he's he valued, been talking he value as a prospect. Probably somebody, somebody talk, asked DJ if he feels comfortable because now it, DJ is not the first guy to have jeers on Newton in from 25 to 30. Right. Our, uh, you know, uh, Dane Brugler had it earlier this week. Like I, as much like I, I agree. Like if there's a player worthy of it, then do it. But I think just prospect wise, Cooper DeGene is a better prospect at a corner position than is a premium position, which is a premium position to every to, to anybody who follows the NFL. It's not to Johnny Venerable, but it's a premium position. I mean, it, there's more value there. I can't there. believe you right now. I can't believe you, you would take Cooper DeGene today over Jerzon Newton. Uh, man, it, it, it's as close as it gets. It's as close as that's as a cop out answer. It's that's not, not a real answer. But no, I would do it just because based on on it being a premium position, I would take the corner. The, your pre defensive tackle is a premium position. Not, Brock. Topic sixty four four ninety nine. Is Cooper way better than Marco Wilson? Color don't matter. He can cover it. This shit is crazy. <laughs> he it's he's wild. an outlier though. So you have to be comfortable drafting an outlier. Like, can I? Am I allowed to say that he's an no. outlier? Just like. If you're undersized as a quarterback, like Kyler Murray, you have to be comfortable drafting an outlier. But it's worked mm. out for the Cardinals. Yeah. Like, they, you know, this this team, how do I phrase this, has been built on or tried to be built by Kime on drafting outliers. Off-ball linebacker, hybrid positions, undersized. I I think they need to go with safe, sure things. And if if they deem Cooper DeGene that, then then take him. I don't have, listen, if he, if they pick him at 27, I'm not going to have an issue with it. Like if you see Roshan Gary, who's huge, massive, big time player for green Bay. And I think he's probably bar ballpark when, uh, you know, the Packers selected him out of Michigan where the Cardinals would be facing selecting, yeah. uh, Newton, same thing. Chris Jones, he slid all the way to the end of the first round. It, it would be, it would be great. Like, but if, if you, if a guy like Dejean, who's, as you said, borderline top 10, an old Mel Kuyper mock draft. He like, loves him. Loves him. He loves him. You know, I, I think a, a player that projects as high as that, it plays a, the premium position, the, what's valued as more of a premium position. I think that that gives him a little bit of an edge. But like, I want you to think about it. Like Buffalo, uh, Detroit, Vita Vea for Tampa. But like, how many of the big name defensive linemen that were first round, like, are are the ones that are really kind of the the guys that are anchoring defenses in the NFL. It's usually a rotation of guys. So why would you would you utilize a first round pick on that position on the defensive line when you can you can find it later in the draft and that's what most teams do. Prove it. Prove that you can find it later in the draft. If you're the Cardinals, you can't. You haven't been you able did. to. Dante Stills, he became a rotational guy. Like I well, know they need more. Yeah, they need a stalwart. They need it's their great. That's the big thing. It's it's taking need over best player available or premium. You and I have a listen. You and I usually on the same page. We will have we have a fundamental disagreement on the importance of a defensive tackle. The the fact that you think that a defensive tackle is not a premium position, I think, is is really sad. 
I'm sad for me you, and the rest of, of people who prove follow it. Give me some game. proof. Let's get every analyst. We I hate this that I'm right and you're wrong. I do hate this free buddy. I do. Hey, Damon Dog, are you there? <laughs> yeah, he's here. Damon Dog, are you with us? <laughs> What's going on? We need to build, my friend, a a chart, a graphic for every guest we have on this offseason. And we are going to ask them unprepared and unprompted mm-hmm. if D tackle slash D line is a premium position. And we will see what they say. Sounds and good. Then that will prove who is right. We're going to ask Brian. Well, Bowden. let's, let's, uh, we're going to ask Brad Spielberger. We're right. going to ask Trevor Sycama. We're going to mm-hmm. ask Ian Rappaport. We're going to ask everybody we have on the show from now until to, to, uh, free agency or the draft if d tackles a premium position let i i want to survey the chat because i value everybody's opinion in, but i i do feel like it's a there's a bit of a bias because of they knowing the need for that the arizona like Cardinals. that sounds like a backtrack right there that's but a backtrack say in the chat if you believe dt is a premium position i look at i see one already the is it the candle 34 um let's see we could do a poll too do you do you know how to throw up a yeah. poll damon okay but uh yeah he said dt would be a premium position in today's uh, nfl xfl i think he said but if you're building not a, a not team. a two down defensive lineman <laughs> that's a run stuffer a a premier defensive tackle that can penetrate from the line look at joel He's right. He's in lockstep with me. Joel's my boy. QB, Get him tackle, out of here. Get him off the edge jet. rusher, corner, and he would throw wide receiver in there. Joel, I don't want to be We right, talked to right, Joel during the diehard right. Q&A last night. Joel's not just some guy. Joel, Joel, I'm sorry. You need to exit the chat, my friend. Brett saying, not man. really. Jeremy saying, no. Marco saying, team Johnny. You guys, um, you guys into like getting run over at the line of scrimmage, like the Cardinals did at the end of the that's year. That's not what we're saying. We're not just saying, "Hey, just put a couple uh, traffic cones up there for your how defense." Can we, how can we? Everybody slobbered all over Jalen Carter last year because he played a premium position. He was a defense. He was the best player in the draft but at a premium here, position. Here's the thing about Jalen Carter: is he's is a prospect. He's in the same conversation. And Aaron Donald's like 13th overall pick, but he's he's in the conversation. Like he was identified as a game wrecker. And he could he could really set your defensive front where I don't th- like is Jerzon Newton's a good de- he's a good. You're prospect. talking about tiers of a player though, a tiers of a, of a position. I agree. Like Andy Isabella should not go in the first round, even though he plays a premium position. So if the, if the conversation is, well, you think Jerzon Newton is not a top fifteen prospect? Period. That's one conversation. You are arguing that you do not believe the defensive tackle, yeah. defensive lineman are a premium position in the NFL. Great. Thank you. That's a di- if I will if take it personally. No, I take this very personally. If if the debate is Jerzon Newton or draft Dirt McGirt out of uh, Panera State at corner. Don't use my, don't use my terminology. <laughs> Dirt bike boy, 714, D-tackle on day three. How dare you, sir? How dare you? You try, You trying to get roughed up? You know, You know who likes the Cardinals if they think this way? If Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay are watching this stream, they're sitting back smoking a cigar. They're like, they don't have their priorities straight. Funny you bring up the 49ers, right? They go and get a DeForest Buckner. DeForest Buckner was a top 10 guy, right? Yeah. Uh, Great. Then they're like, okay, well, he's going to require a lot of money, so we're going to trade him the Colts. And they took one of those picks. 13th overall, they took Javon Kinlaw. What if Jerzon Nick? Like, you want to bring up all the good examples? No, 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 no. 
This what isn't going to go the way you think it Kinlaw? is. Javon Kinlaw is available this offseason. You want him? Armstead was a first rounder out of Oregon in the first round for them. He's been a stud. Then they took Buckner. He's been a stud. They missed on Javon Kinlaw. So what they have to do, they have to go overpay a 30-year-old uh, Hardgraves in yeah. free agency because it's a premium position. <laughs> no, those guys, those guys make and a, and premium money at their position. There's a difference. They make premium money at their position, which is just the position. I hate, hate every every which way of your <laughs> argument. Picking spreads four ninety nine. Cooper DeGene, one hundred percent worth it. He's got rare size and athleticism. Best zone cornerback in the class, and has the length to play press. He's an amazing top fifteen prospect. I take your word for it. I th- I think he's going to go higher than twenty seven. For yeah, sure. Let, I don't think picking he's spreads is in the know, right? He's, he's he, as far as draft. Like I trust him. He's also I think based in Iowa. Probably seen a lot of Cooper DeGene tape. We need to disregard this comment. There's no, a bias. Either. Absolutely. He's objective. But I need to know from picking spreads, like why when I called Cooper DeGene a DB on social media, people acted like I said his mother was ugly. Like why was it people such were a... giving you grief because you they yeah. think he's a safety or what? No, they say he's a corner. He's a, Some oh, guy said gotcha. he's a corner guy. I'm gotcha. like, okay. <laughs> now we're... No, no F's given, $1.99. Johnny, don't take it so personal, buddy. I, I'm i not. I think we need to prepare Bo for all of our guests to tell him he's wrong to his face. I can't wait for that. I also can't Currently. wait to check out our friends at Circle K this weekend. Uh, we've got divisional round action on the docket, and I'm going to tell you right now, there's one place I'm going to stock up on all my goodies for watching the games. It's my friends at Circle K via the inner circle. Every sixth free selection on Circle K products, including pizza, ice cold fountain drinks coffee and the only way to do it is to sign up with the circle k app join the inner circle today for free by the way by downloading the circle k app and not only are you going to get hooked up every free uh, six free selection on those products i just named but also save 25 cents per gallon your first five phillips my wife just filled up our suv at circle k today it costs 47 dollars. then she also saved an additional three cents every single gallon, every single day, because she is an Inner Circle member. You should be too. Again, savings, fun, food, no better place than with our friends at Circle K. If you need to find one closest to you, visit circlek.com slash store dash locator. Download the app today. There's a few things that uh, John and I disagree on, and, and one of them absolutely is what's deemed a premium position. Like everybody in the NFL world agrees what it is, and Johnny differs from that. Uh, but we do agree on this one's in the circle K becoming an inner circle, but also the game time app is the best app as far as getting your tickets to any event that's coming up wherever you may be. If it's here in the Valley of the sun, uh, get yourself some tickets to that stand up comedian, go to that band that you've been waiting to see, go see the suns as they're heating up right now, go see a Cardinals game next off season or next season. Uh, do it with the game time app. You can put it off. You can procrastinate with the best of us and Johnny. And I are premium procrastinators and all you got to do download the game time app create that account use the code phnx you're going to get twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create that account redeem code phnx twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed um i don't appreciate everybody telling me i'm wrong in the chat that makes me feel even better than i'm definitely right uh (laughs) all right let's check out another super chat pr mac five dollars i like the gamble that gannon can talk to hassan reddick and aj brown both because uh, Eagles looking for a change of scenery 
I think if there's enough of that going around that Jeffrey Lurie and company, they will, they will fire dirt McGirt fraud boy, Nick Sirianni. <laughs> like if you've got a mutiny on your hands and everybody thinks that they're a joke, I don't Hassan think that that's going on Brown. in the locker room. I, I yeah. really don't. I mean, you saw Fletcher Cox, who's probably on his way out of Philly, if not into retirement. But when Jeff McLean, who was one of the guys that was always coming after Gannon, and, you know, it wasn't like Fletcher Cox was G- Gannon's, you know, favorite player. They were not close, no. Right. But he he was basically like, that's a clown question, bro, as far as the Sirianni speculation. Because, I mean, let's keep it in perspective. They won 11 games this year. They were in a Super Bowl last year. Like, to, to say he's he needs to be pushed out of town, I think that sets a very scary precedent for any coach that would eye Philly as an option. Yeah, I'm with you. I Hassan th- Reddick's like their best defensive player. They're not, not going to let him go. And A.J. Brown just signed a contract. Like, they're going to be on the Eagles next year. I The Cardinals, I, I think... Save for 27 and a special circumstance, like the kind of players that I think they could trade for are going to be like overpaid veterans that don't fit timelines of the other team. The Eagles are going to try to win next year. They need mm-hmm. they need these players. Um, the Cardinals are going to lean on the rookie class uh, from 2023 to carry over to 2024, Bo. Speaking of that rookie class, ESPN ranked the rookie class based on production and uh, the Arizona Cardinals, ninth overall. Now, while I think it's it's great to see the Cardinals in the top 10, I don't know if I love this just based off the pure fact that they, if you read the article, they devalued Paris Johnson Jr. Mm. Um, I think Michael Wilson outplayed a lot of these other receivers on this list. And it just pains me to see both the Rams and the Seahawks ahead of the Cardinals. But, you know, if we're grading on a curve with what Steve Kime used to do, this is a breath of fresh air. Oh, yeah. Uh, did did Kime ever have one sniff a top ten postseason list? Um, I, I think that it's it's kind of a, the sum of the parts, right? There there wasn't one player, even though Paris Johnson Jr. he didn't miss a snap. He was so steady at the right tackle position, like that. It showed depth. It showed uh, you know diversity as far as the the player the positions that Monty Osafort drafted. I mean, the Texans get number one because they got they had the pick number two and number three in the draft. Like you should be that high. And they hit on both the players. One of them was selected with the Cardinals pick that they traded out for with Will Anderson Jr. But CJ Stroud makes that draft, no doubt about it. And then what the Rams did is absolutely, it's, it's psycho stuff. Like the Puka stuff, like getting Puka and the season that he had and and the way that they developed all of that entire roster, just a complete nod to to Les Need And of course, Sean McVay, Raheem Mostert, everybody involved with that organization getting that rookie class where they had 13 rookies on the active roster on a playoff team. That's insane. And then the Packers, the youngest roster in the entire league, the youngest roster make it to the postseason in forever. Uh, I mean, those, those wide receivers emerging Um, the lions, you know, I think that they had a real against the grain draft. They go running back first round and off ball linebacker, but the Bears should be there. They had enough they got picks. Sam Laporta, too. Yeah, Sam Laporta was one of the best tight ends, even in the league as a rookie. The Bears should. They were picking 1-1 one, one in most in, in first in most rounds. So it's like the Cardinals, they had a solid draft, and, it, and it's a it's a it helped add to the foundation of where they're going from here. What rookies played a part in the Bears' success this year? Like Darnell Wright. I Paris Johnson Jr. had a better year than Darnell Wright. Like I who else was good for the Bears rookie class? Like I'm, I mean, I'm literally asking. Like 
naively. Did they have a couple yeah. defenders? Like na- name a name a Buccaneer that stood out this year. I, I I think this is like recency bias of these teams. Like, oh, they made the playoffs. The rookie class must be good. <laughs> I think I think that's what's happened here. Like every one of these teams, save for the Cardinals, was like down the stretch playing meaningful games. And they're just like, I the rookies were a part of that, weren't they? I I don't. I think this is a big load of garbage. I think this is a big hunk of shit. Because the Cardinals, <laughs> the Cardinals played the most rookie snaps of any team. They got valuable contributions and were playing well at the end of the year despite their record. So yeah, I think Cardinals had a top five to seven rookie class. Like yeah, and also can I can I, can we be honest? Like Will Anderson Jr. had seven sacks this year. Like he was a good player. Yeah, like he wasn't Four a dominant sacks, player. Though. Yeah, yeah. Was, he was yeah. good. So I mean. I, I don't want Cardinal fans to look at that and be like, man, we missed out. You did not. No, like, Cardinals, you Cardinals handed their business. They did a good job. You should you should stand tall today. You walk around your house with where have have a lot of pride. I in, do that anyway. I walk around <laughs> uh, like a big I mean, man. Tyson Badgett played downs for them at the quarterback, but like they had guys play oh, snaps. Yeah. That, see, Johnson. that's what they're grading on. Sean Jackson, yeah. They had a quarterback win some games. The guy who's tatted up, right? That literally yeah. makes no – that guy's never going to play for them again. Like, Caleb okay. Williams is going to be their quarterback. I'm, so if, I'm just trying to figure out why. Class, that's stupid. I think that's dumb. Tyreek Stevenson, was he a rookie? Um, Yeah, Joel's saying the cornerback Stevenson. Okay. I mean, he didn't start. He Was was he their, their slot? Brett Jones, great yes. comment. Funny how running backs are devalued, but the teams that drafted early graded well here. Yeah, because it's – it's a lazy assessment. Like, oh yeah, they had a back that looked pretty good. Better move them up. But then everybody <laughs> says backs don't help you win. So yeah, I here's here's what you need to know, and you guys already know this. They draft the Cardinals drafted a franchise left tackle, right tackle that played every snap. Um, BJ Ojolari led rookies in pressures for outside linebackers, edge rushers through I think like week fourteen or fifteen, and barely played. Michael Wilson was a phenom, was top 10 in receiving yards most of this year for rookies. I mean, like, and then you think about Dante Stills was one of the most productive defensive linemen outside of Jalen Carter for any rookie. Yeah. But like ESPN's not gonna bring that up. And that and that's fine. No. That's fine. You, know, you you can consider what Elijah Higgins did as tight end two. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Amari Dermacato and some undra- Starling Thomas. Um, they, You're they naming had, guys that are going to be a part of this team's foundation. The, yeah. There are a ton of players that ESPN is factoring into that list that aren't, I'm sorry, that are not going to be part of the futures of those teams. Yeah, they'll just like, be Ch- nice. like Chicago's quarterback. Like, that's stupid. That bothers right. me that that's on there. Um, <laughs> Richard, $1.99. Jalen Johnson, Chris Jones, A-plus offseason. I think Chris, I think Chris Jones is, is, is not in the timeline for the Cardinals. Too old, too expensive. Um... And I think the kind of money that he might command just is going to scare the Cardinals away from Chris Jones. He play a premium position. He does. <laughs> One of the best players. He's he's like thirty three. He's like thirty two years old. Let's get a poll update. All right, uh, eighty three votes. Is interior defensive line slash D tackle a premier position? Yes, fifty three percent. Forty seven percent. Did Johnny oh, just like make a bunch of accounts right now? I think now? I saw him. He was feverishly typing on his on his computer as the poll was up. Bo would Bo would prefer Jabba the Hutt play defensive line for the Cardinals. He would be this great. Is, this is, is this is what you yeah. think. You just oh, I'm a two here. down run stuffer. This is all I'm gonna do. That's all you want. 
It's like, actually, you know what? I watched the Cardinals have six yards per carry every game this year uh, yeah. against them. They, I he can fill all those gaps. He's great. He's great on I'm the D-line. The, I'm the voice of the voiceless here in the chat. It may not be everybody that's actively chatting, but the people watching this program know that I was right. Love that. Topic 64, 999, Super Chat. JV, Bo, please tell me you guys feel like we should get two wide receivers before the season starts, one in the draft, one in free agency, or two in the draft. Uh, we need to, unless they move Higgins to wide receiver, we got to have two, Bo. I think they're content with Higgins moving forward as a tight end. I think he took strides blocking. He found some soft spots and coverages and, and made the plays that were there for him to make. That was, I, I don't see them messing with Higgy bear. Yeah, absolutely. Brett Jones ballot stuffing to uh, it, it, where you're going to have an investigation. No, I will not concede. I will not concede until we, we get to the bottom of this. Um, it's getting worse too. Seven percent. You dare say it? I'm with topic sixty-four. Stop I would the vote. Two. Stop the vote. It's fraudulent. Stop, stop, stop the vote. Stop. I can see you right canceled. now. You got your no. job, and he's just he's 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 creating burner accounts, and <laughs> it's embarrassing. Um, I, but as far, hey, I agree. I agree with topic sixty-four. I think that in free agency, we, we identified a guy as like Donovan Peoples Jones, who's who's going to be twenty-four, twenty-five next year. He's played. With Petsing, he had his most productive season as a wide receiver under Petsing as part of that Browns offensive play calling group. Um, and then he was kind of bounced around this year. He's with Detroit currently. He's going to be a free agent. And then you pit, you pair him with Marvin Harrison Jr. Or you go Marvin Harrison Jr. or Neighbors or Adunze. And then you take a guy with one of your many picks in day three. Wrenches and Rants, 499 Super Chat. Uh, just re a really smart assessment here. Every game we won this year, we dominated the line of scrimmage on offense. Dominant line play wins games. Great work, fellas. It absolutely does. And guess what it does? I love Marvin Harrison Jr. as much as the next guy. What wins in December, January, especially in like inclement weather? And what travels? Quality offensive line play, quality defensive line play. I don't disagree. You do. You have it and you will. <laughs> you have and you will but you got uh, here's the, the prospect has to be worthy of it and if if the prospect is there and it's and he's pitted up against the guy that plays a premium position you gotta you gotta weigh that uh mushway if marvin harrison jr isn't available what do you think about trading back for next year uh a one next year that's tough mushway because i i don't hate the idea assuming you still get a good player in the top 10 but you just did that this past year and that was okay to do it was necessary, but I, I don't know if we want to get into eventually we want to cash these chips. Right. And Cardinal fans just had to watch the, the first that they thought was going to be at least top half of the, the draft. It's a pick 27. So I think there's something to be said, like if they have Malik neighbors or Joe all to Roma Dunsey as a top five player and they're picking for it, like, just take the player. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Just take the player. Right. Uh, I mean, look, if if you if you can trade down and you can continue to set yourself up for success, I I don't disagree with that. I think that that's a fine strategy. And if you it, you you just weigh the risk and the reward to it. Like if the, if you can move back to eight and you're going to be in a prime position because you would assume that a team's coming up to get a quarterback at four, you know that puts you what? So you've got five, six, seven. You've got three teams and two prospects available that are worthy of the wide receiver position that you could get later in the draft and accumulate draft capital for the future.
Yeah, it's the numbers game. And and I'll give credit to Austin Ford immensely because last year he said, I can't stick at 12. I'm not going to get Paris. And they went up and they got Paris. So that that tells you. And they gave up a, a top 34 pick to do so. That tells you, like, they they understand talent. They can evaluate. They and they, they know the risk reward. Do you guys know the risk reward? Because there's no risk becoming a diehard at gophnx.com. Big thank you to everybody participated in the inaugural PHNX Cardinals Q&A session the Discord was popping yesterday post-show. We're going to try to do that every single Thursday post-show. Open Q&A with your boys, myself, Bob Brock, Damon Dog, and I promise we'll we'll, uh, we'll make sure everybody is able to ask questions. It was a great engagement yesterday. We shared some laughs. And if you're thinking, well, how do I become a diehard? Great question. Go to gophnx.com, become a diehard for a year. Pick up a free hat and or T-shirt every single year you're a diehard. So not only do you have access to the exclusive member Discord, you get a free piece of merch. You get money off of shipping on future purchases, right? You get everything unlocked at gophnx.com, Craig Morgan, Gerald Borgay, anybody you run to read, it's for you. And Bo and I got some content coming out on the website that you definitely have to check out. Do not miss it. Every single Thursday this offseason, schedule permitting, open Q&A with your boys Yesterday, we had about 20 people in there just having a good time, shared some laughs, become a diehard today. I promise you will not regret it. It's like open lines Thursday, Friday, whatever it might be. Like you you get on, you get to talk with us. We get to talk with you. It's a fantastic. It, we had a blast. Uh, we learned a lot about each other. We heard some origin stories. It was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got to well, apologize. Yeah. I got to apologize to everybody from Johnny to the chat to Damon. Like part of the show, I've just been on some bro's website looking at what I was going to order tonight. Cause it's, it's just dad's son night. Uh, my wife is away. So I'm going to, it's going to be me and my, my little boy going to some burrows. We're going to check it out. He always gets the Nino quesadilla with the beans and the rice. It's fantastic. I always like to mix it up. I think tonight I'm going with a number seven. It's the green chili beef burrito. We'll get that the burrow with the beans and the rice. It's going to be fantastic. Of course, I got to get myself a margarita, which you can get to go. They'll they'll cover it up for you, make it street legal. You can take it from some boroughs to your home. Don't miss out on Arizona's most loved Mexican restaurant. It's Authentico Some Burrows. Uh, check it out, someburrows.com. That's S-O-M-E, burrows.com for the greatest, most beloved Mexican restaurant in AZ. Had a banner week, and it continues. We've got coverage coming up. Senior Bowl, Damon Dog, Bo Brock in attendance, Super Bowl week, and of course the NFL Combine. In the meantime, like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. It is imperative. We drop one exclusive audio-only podcast every single week. So what you have to do, go to your mobile device, your smartphone, pull up PHNX Cardinals, the PHNX Cardinals podcast. Give us a follow. And if you'd be so inclined, give us a, a tasty little review what you may enjoy about the show. If it's five stars, it's five stars. We appreciate you. Like this video. Let's get it to 300 likes here on a football Friday. For Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. We're back on a Monday. Enjoy your weekend. Be safe. We'll see you after the divisional round.